It's time for WAKR's This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton, your home for copiers, printers, and supplies. This week, a career milestone of sorts for the University of Akron's eSports program. It was the first time in Rocket League history where a collegiate team composed of students from the same school have qualified for the Rocket League Championship Series, known as the RLCS. And though it didn't quite turn out exactly as they had hoped, as you'll hear now from UA Director of Esports, Nate Meeker, it was an incredibly fun and valuable experience that sets them up for success in the future. Here's why. They were not really expecting to to do very well, but they were playing in a qualifier event for a professional tournament. Professional Rocket League is a little bit different than the way that professional sports works. So anyone and everyone who's interested has the ability to play in, in these tournaments. Typically, they get hundreds and hundreds of teams that are interested in playing and most of the time it gets weeded out and only the professional teams end up qualifying for these. They take the top 16 teams from each region, uh, North America being one of those regions. And our team actually qualified as one of the 16 best teams in North America. It's the first time it ever happened for a college team, which is pretty cool. They did end up not finishing in the top four. So they lost three games. It was first to win three or first to lose three. If you lost three, you were out. If you won three, then you qualified for the next day. But what it did do was that it solidified them for a higher seed going into the next event here in a couple of weeks. So they have another chance to earn some points towards what would be a world qualifying event for themselves. So they played against three professional teams, And unfortunately, they they did lose all three of those games, but we're still pretty proud of them. It was the expected result, maybe not exactly what they wanted at the end of the day, but it was the expected result. That sounds really interesting. I mean, obviously, nobody likes to lose, but to a certain degree, because they were students, they were a little bit overmatched because they were going up against pros. But you have told me in the past that... People who are very, even very young, even before they go to college, can actually qualify to be pros. So why don't you explain for our audience what the difference is, say, doing esports and becoming a pro than maybe what it's like to be a pro golfer or a pro tennis player or something like that? Sure. So I think a lot of it goes back to how much time people have in their ability to play these games. And when they're younger, typically they're going to have more time that's available to them in order to practice and compete and take it really seriously. Oftentimes by the time they're in college or they're finishing college, they're moving into a career standpoint, they just don't have the time to put into the game anymore uh, in order to maintain that high skill level. So most of the folks that we see at the professional level are actually younger than what our college age students would be or their college age students not going to college because they've already been pursuing the professional career. Most folks who are in professional esports are going to be younger than 24, 25 years old. Very rare to see them be older, especially in a game like Rocket League. So if they would have won, for example, what was the prize? And if they're going into this next event, like you said, they've got a higher seed. What is the prize that they could possibly win in that one? Sure. So it's 
mostly it would be it would be a monetary prize. So there is upwards of eight to ten thousand dollars per player on the line there, which is pretty significant for a college student, right? Uh, for for a weekend event where they can qualify in and, and make that much money in a singular day. But really, what that allows them to do is to get points to qualify for a world's event in Copenhagen. Now, without qualifying for this event this past weekend, it would be unlikely, even if they won the event here in a couple of weeks, for them to qualify for Worlds. It's still possible, but very unlikely. What would have to happen is the teams that have also qualified at the previous events, they would have to do very poorly at the upcoming event. So if they did poorly and did not qualify in the top four, there is potential that we could earn enough points to qualify for the Worlds. But I would say uh, very unlikely <laughs> to happen for our for our guys. But they're still excited nonetheless. They get the opportunity to play for a much larger audience than they typically would. There were many, many thousands of eyes on the program on Friday that we wouldn't normally see and an audience that we wouldn't normally see as well, watching what the university was doing. So tell me the name of this event that they were in on Friday, and where was it? Were you there, or were you playing virtually? So this is virtually. So it's called the RLCS, the Rocket League Championship Series. And this is something that happens yearly, and they've been doing this now for the past eight years, and they've been doing Worlds events for the past eight years as well. We've qualified for many collegiate events in the past where they've been able to go to events in person collegiately. Actually, oddly enough, the team, right after not qualifying for the following day for this professional event, they turned around and drove down to Kentucky to compete in a collegiate event and won that event without losing a single game all weekend after playing against professional players the previous day. Um, but yeah, so really what it is, is it's a series of professional events that they play in um, that gives them that that cool experience of, of playing at the next level, which they don't often get to do. Let's just say that fate was in their favor, that they were granted a great fortune and they qualified for this Copenhagen event coming up. Would they get to go to Copenhagen or they is this would, again yeah. virtual? No, that they would get to go. Yeah. Oh, that would be super they cool. Would get to go. Yeah. So what would happen is uh, they would first get to go to a North American qualifier event. I do not believe that the location for that has been announced. However, it is usually in Dallas. It could be in a different location, but it's usually in Dallas. So they would go to that event, and uh, depending on how they did at that event, then they would go to the Copenhagen event. But that would be pretty neat for them. We, As a program, we've never traveled internationally for a competition, unless you count Canada as international. I don't really count it as international. We okay. go to Tor Toronto pretty frequently for competition. All right. I, don't, I don't know if the kids count it as uh, international travel, but uh, yeah, we, we do go to Toronto for competition. But outside of that, not, not too much international opportunity. One of the great things about the University of Akron's program is beside the fact that the kids get to enjoy this really high level of competition when they're there, now you have an esports slash business program as well that can help them stay in the world of esports, even if they don't want to continue to compete at a high level. I wonder if you could talk to our listeners about that, because there's probably a lot of people that are listening to this program and they say, oh, OK, people are playing video games. That's cool. But then how are they going to make money when they get out of school? So why don't you talk to us about that? 
Yeah, sure. So there's a couple of different things going on with the with the career focus. One of them is in the College of Business. So we do have a certificate program that the students can take while they're here that helps prepare them for the job market. And really what it's doing is it's blending a sports science and education track uh, degree pathway that allows them to get some hands-on experience and educational or experiential learning opportunities while they're here to build that knowledge and experience base to make them a more employable student later on. What we're really seeing in the job market is that there aren't a ton of jobs yet that are solely focused on esports, where you'd graduate and you'd say, the only thing I'm going to do is esports. However, there are many jobs that are asking students to be competent in esports as part of their position, to be able to talk about it, to be able to facilitate events. For example, we're seeing a lot of students that are graduating with sports science and business degrees going to work for professional sports teams or rec centers or schools. And they're being asked to run esports programs or run gaming programs or facilitate summer camps or coach a team or recruit students for this because because it is so popular with the younger generation. And if they don't have those tools to be able to do it, they're going to get passed up for folks who do. So we need to be able to provide them with those tools while they're here to make them more employable. So I, I don't think we're yet at the point where the students need to have a fully fledged degree program for esports. However, they need to be able to go into the job market post graduation and really be able to speak to an employer about how they can leverage those skills that they've built while they're here in that program to help grow whatever company that they end up at. Tell me about those kinds of skills and how they translate when people leave college. Most folks aren't able to have a conversation fluidly about gaming and esports. So simply the skill of going and talking to a group of younger folks about what they're passionate about is what we what we work with the students about. Going in and saying, I'm going to build a program and I'm going to be able to talk to a group of 15 to 25 year olds about the thing that they're really passionate about is a very valuable skill. So communication ability around esports and gaming, knowing the lingo, being able to talk through it and being able to talk to that group of folks is very valuable. We've seen a lot of folks come into this space and they're very knowledgeable about the business side of things, but they, they don't know how to talk to the folks who are interested in it. And it, it really feels off to the folks who are interested in it. Outside of that, the technical skills are running tournaments, running events, the streaming, the broadcasting, and there's a lot of traditional ties in there with uh, with traditional media, with radio, with TV. But these are somewhat separate skills that students are learning in order to do the same thing with esports as well. So right now, for example, if somebody graduated from the University of Akron from this program, it's possible then that if there was uh, an opening up with the Cleveland Cavaliers or the Cleveland Browns, or even, a, let's say, a professional hockey team somewhere else in, in the country, they could take these skills that they learned here at the University of Akron through esports and kind of extrapolate to work in the world of sports outside of gaming, right? Absolutely. And, and every single professional team out there right now has an arm, some of them significantly larger, some of them significantly smaller, 
in the realm of esports because they're using it as a way to engage with a younger demographic who right now isn't watching sports in the same way that the older generations have. So they're looking to utilize gaming as a way to bring that audience in and they're hiring folks with that knowledge. So that's what we're trying to help the, those folks build. So based on what you know now about the way the industry is, and you say, you know, at least right now, they couldn't necessarily walk out and write into a professional esports kind of position that's solely focused on that. Do you anticipate that as the industry continues to mature and develop, that maybe within X amount of years, they could actually go out into that? Do you think that's a possibility? I think it depends. I think we're still seeing a lot of folks who get a lot more benefit from going into the traditional roles first and then coming back into esports as a full-time position. They still need that backbone of what a traditional market looks like, the traditional role looks like before then coming back and utilizing those skills in esports. And most of the folks who do get hired in as full-time esports roles have a background in if it's business or education or whatever field it might be that they're transitioning those roles into. But with maybe more of a youth movement, we, we may see better preparation at the college level or better leveraging of students who are graduating into that field. Part of it right now, too, I think, is that the field isn't developed enough to really give those students a year-long or two-year-long internship process to show what that job could actually look like. So a lot of them aren't necessarily showcasing what their skills could look like as they head into the field. Is there anything you'd like to add that maybe I haven't asked yet? No, I think if folks are interested, they can certainly find more information for the university at uakron.edu slash esports and our program at uakron.edu slash esports go zips. That was University of Akron Esports Director Nate Meeker, and I'm Jean Destro. Thanks for listening. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. This has been This Week in Tech with Gene Destro on WAKR, brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton.